the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Locked on Pokes. Hope everyone had a good weekend, especially those of you who were at Gallagher Arena on Saturday to watch Oklahoma State and Baylor. We will get all the way into that, but I want to remind everyone, head over to Twitter, follow me at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes, where you can always find the links to these podcasts, uh, as well as many more thoughts that pop out of my head throughout the day. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if you want to read those or if you don't, but either way. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. And a reminder, this is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. Uh, you can go to LockedOnPodcast.com, find co- podcasts for teams from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and Power 5 college teams. You can listen to Locked On Sooners with my good friend John Hoover. You can also listen to Locked On Thunder as Thunder season rolls on with my good friend Brady Trantham. They both do a great job, and we're all happy to be part Part of the Locked On family, so head over to LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out check out Locked On Sooners and Locked On Thunder as well. All right, let's dive into the game Saturday against Baylor. It was a good game. It was a much better game than I thought it was going to be. Oklahoma State did all that work, uh, just ended up losing by seven, which not only did they not win, but they also did not cover, which was a bad beat for anybody who had the Cowboys plus five and a half. Uh, but never mind on the line. Let's talk about the game. Oklahoma State leads 36-27 to 27 at halftime. First thing I liked. We're going to talk about things I like. We're also going to talk about things I didn't like. First thing I liked. The starting lineup was different. The starting lineup did not include Thomas Dezagua or Yorin I think you had to mix it up. You could not just continue to run out that same five that was struggling, 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 and hope that things were going to get better. So, Caleb Boone gets the start, as does Avery Anderson. Uh, Neither one of those guys end up scoring in the game, but I thought that they gave a good burst of energy early. Uh, I actually thought that Caleb Boone played pretty well in his limited minutes. Now, here's something I didn't like. So Mike Boynton mixes up the starting lineup. So I'm thinking to myself as we go in here, we're going to get a dose of the young guys, a heavy dose of the young guys in this game. You know, obviously McGriff, Waters, Likely, and they, Dezagua, those guys are still going to get their minutes, but we're going to see more from Caleb Boone, from Avery Anderson, from Chris Harris, from, from Keelan Boone, from Hitty Rosink, all these guys. We're going to see more. That's what I think when I see Caleb Boone and Avery Anderson in the starting lineup. And you know what we didn't get? Any of that. We got none of it. Those guys played less minutes than they played on Wednesday night against Texas. And I'm racking my brain trying to figure out why. Caleb Boone gets the start, plays seven minutes. He had three personal fouls. I-, I thought he was fine in his time on the court. I mean, he only took one shot. He was only out there seven minutes. I mean, how good could the stat line really be if you're only out there for seven minutes? Avery Anderson started. He played 14 minutes, which was by far and away the most of the, the non-five. Let's call the, the other guys the non-five. The five are Cam McGriff, Lindy Waters, Isaac Lackley, Yorinay, and Thomas Dezagua. So of the non-five, Adri- Avery Anderson played m- at twice as many minutes as anyone else. He got 14 minutes. Hedy Rosink, four minutes. Chris Harris Jr., five minutes. Keelan Boone, two minutes. Meanwhile, Cam McGriff plays 36. Lindy Waters plays 37, likely 34. And Yorinay and Thomas Dezagua, despite not starting the game, each played 30 
minutes. And while I think each of those five guys had their moments throughout the game, I am still really disappointed that Mike Boynton did not trust the young guys in the second half. And what drove me absolutely nuts is when Baylor went on its big run in the second half. Oklahoma State was up by, what, 12, somewhere in that neighborhood. Baylor goes on a big run, cuts that lead down, takes the lead with a couple of big threes. Butler shot the lights out of it. Uh, It felt like during that stretch in the second half, he was great. Uh, Butler and Bandu, both. Just while Baylor was making that run, they were lighting it up from beyond the arc. Baylor shot only 8 of 23 uh, from beyond the arc for the game, but... During that stretch, it it felt like they couldn't miss. Uh, Baylor also shot 23 free throws compared to Oklahoma State's 15. But while Baylor was making that run, the five guys on the floor for Oklahoma State were Cam McGriff, Lindy Waters, Isaac Likely, Yorin and Thomas Tazagwa. The entire time Baylor was making the run. And, And I'm thinking to myself, put somebody else in. Change something. Get some more energy on the floor. I don't know what it is, but those five... They just, they haven't played good basketball when they've been on the floor together. They just haven't. And Oklahoma State, in part because the young guys got a lot more minutes in the first half than they did in the second half, led by nine points at halftime. And then in the second half, I understand these guys are young. I understand they're cutting their teeth at at the D1 level. You got to trust them. You got to trust them. You've got to play them. You've got to allow them to grow. And I didn't think that that happened in the second half. On Saturday, I thought that Oklahoma State got up, and because Oklahoma State was leading the number two team in the country, I thought they got a little bit nervous, and they just ran their normal five out there just to try to hold serve. To to me, that's the basketball equivalent of playing prevent defense. No rotations, no nothing, no getting in fresh legs, no getting in young guys. Just run your normal five out there and hope that they can close it out down the stretch. I mean, you're, you're worried about the young guys giving up the lead, I was watching the old guys give up the lead. They didn't need help from the young guys. They were able to give up that lead all by themselves. And it was frustrating to watch. Oklahoma State fans need something from this basketball team. Something to latch on to and say, this is Oklahoma State basketball. This is why we show up at Gallagher-Iba Arena. This is what we came to watch. And it felt like we might get that on Saturday afternoon. And then it all went wrong in the second half. Cam McGriff had a great first half. What did I tell you last week? I said, Cam McGriff needs to stop shooting threes. I said, Lindy Waters needs to shoot less threes. Lindy Waters is a great mid-range shooter. He's good going to the basket. Needs to shoot less threes. So Cam McGriff was lights out in the first half. Four for four from beyond the arc. That's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable way to win games. It was really fun to watch. And it was awesome whenever he was shooting lights out. I mean, he was on an absolute heater, heat check, give him the ball, let him put it up. And then in the second half, when he's no longer on a heater, and some of the some of the bad shots aren't falling now, Oklahoma State had no offense. Oklahoma State has to find a sustainable way to score, and it's not hoisting contested threes. Pass the ball around the perimeter, pass the ball around the perimeter, pass the ball around the perimeter. Nobody gets inside, boom, somebody launches a three. Lindy Waters, still, somebody explain it to me. Seven three-point attempts on Saturday. Two of seven from beyond the arc. If your shot isn't falling, which for Lindy Waters it hasn't been for a month, go to the basket. Shoot the mid-range jumper. Lindy Waters was three for four from inside the arc 
on Saturday. Get inside the ark. Get inside the ark. The only guy who has the liberty to launch consistently from three right now, as far as I'm concerned, is Thomas Dezagua. He's shooting 41% from three. Okay, that's a good shot. You're allowed to launch. Go ahead. Fire away. And I know somebody's going to tell me Oklahoma State shot 41.7% from three on 24 attempts, which is a really good team three-point percentage, and it absolutely is. I completely agree with you. The reason is because they got unusually hot in the first half, and then in the second half, when it came time to, to fend off Baylor, to hit contested shots, big shots to win the game, they couldn't get it done. And I hate having to sit here and be so negative on a Monday. I like being positive on a Monday. I do. But Oklahoma State had the number two team in the country on the ropes. And they let them come back and take it over. Baylor outscored Oklahoma State by 16 points in the second half. 16 points. And the defense. I mean, maybe you don't put the young guys out there because you want your your more veteran guys to be there on the defensive end. You don't want defensive breakdowns from the young guys. Well, Baylor scored 27 points in the first half. They scored 48 in the second half. 48 is so many points in a half of college basketball. Oklahoma State went two weeks without scoring 48 in a game. Baylor scores 48 and a half. Good thing your veterans were out there to play defense. I, I tell you what, I'm just, I'm fed up with seeing the same thing over again. Over and over again. I am. If there's ever a time that Oklahoma State needs to get a win, it's tomorrow against Iowa State. We'll talk a little bit about that game. Uh, I want to talk about the wrestling duel. Oklahoma State got a big win in a top 10 matchup. Also, Pro Football Focus has released its 101 best players in college football list. They've released the back end of that, which includes an Oklahoma State Cowboys. We'll talk about that as well. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes. back to Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this Monday. I was able to take a breath during that, that brief break, catch my breath, reset. Man, it's just, it is tough, tough, tough to watch the same mistakes over and over again. It is tough, tough, tough to watch Oklahoma State's defense continue to sag off of Butler and Bandu in that second half and let those guys go crazy from three. It is tough to watch Oklahoma State use 20 seconds of the shot clock in that second half before they get into their sets, and then pass it around, pass it around, Cam McGriff shoots a contested three. Pass it around, pass it around, Lenny Water shoots a contested three. It just, it was not enough. Also, Isaac likely shot too many threes in Saturday's game. Anybody know how many he shot off the top of your head? Isaac likely shot two threes. Now, somebody tell me how many times did Isaac likely hit rim when shooting from beyond the three-point line? Zero. Zero. Those aren't good shots. Even if he's open, those aren't good shots. If I played college basketball, even if I was wide open, that wouldn't be a good shot. I don't even know. Let's look, let's look and see what his uh, shooting percentage is from beyond the arc. This season, it is 22.2%. He shot 24% from beyond the arc last season. It's okay to not be a three-point shooter. It is okay. But don't keep launching. Don't keep putting it up. That's not going to work. The last time Isaac likely hit a three-pointer, now keep in mind he missed several games, so he's only attempted three since then, but they've been in the last two games. He hasn't hit a three 
since November 27th. This season, Isaac Likely, he doesn't take a lot. He's hit two threes this season. Two. Yikes. He's attempted nine. <clears throat> He's two for nine from beyond the arc. Those are bad shots. You know what Oklahoma State should have learned on Saturday, if nothing else? Every possession is important. You can't waste possessions. If a few of those possessions go the other way, mid to late in that second half, Oklahoma State wins that game. They dethrone the number two team in the country, the Baylor Bears. Every possession is important. Can't waste them with bad shots. Get to the basket. Oklahoma State was 12-15 from the free throw line. Shot free throws pretty well. Two of those misses were from Likely. One of them was from Dezogwe. He got fouled on a three. It was an unusual miss from Thomas Dezogwe. Go to the basket. Get fouled. More going to the basket, less launching threes. That's what I want to see from Oklahoma State. Um, look, I, I don't know if I'm even past the point of calling, calling things big games for Oklahoma State. Is, is tomorrow against Iowa State a big game? I guess it depends on how you define big game. Oklahoma State's got Iowa State. Then Texas A&M in the non-conference. OU and TCU following a matchup against Kansas at the beginning of February. Are these big games at this point? Is this a lost season at this point? I'm trying to figure out where we go here from here with Oklahoma State basketball. Whether these are big games or a lost season, however you feel, I need to see more young guys. I need to see more Caleb Boone. I need to see more Keelan Boone. Avery Anderson. Chris Harris Jr. Hitty Rosink. All these guys. I need to see more minutes. You want to know why? Because like I said on Friday, they better be ready when Cade Cunningham and Rondell Walker get to town next year. No more cutting your teeth. You're going to have a lottery pick on your team next year, and he's going to be there for one season. Next year can't be a lost year. If next year is a lost year, then I'll change my tune as far as how secure uh, I think everyone should be in Stillwater. Right now, I still think everyone should be secure. I still think Mike Boynton got some really bad breaks roster-wise. Um, I, I think if you watch Oklahoma State over the last couple of months, you realize, okay, this team not nearly as talented as we thought they were. We get used to watching the same guys game in and game out, and, and we let ourselves remember all the great moments that they've had, and we don't see their production as a whole. I think that we do that as fans even as media members who cover guys all the time. We see the best things that they've done. We don't take into account everything that they've done, which includes the turnovers, includes all the wasted possessions, includes all the defensive breakdowns. We don't take into account all those things. We see the best in the guys who play for the teams that we cheer for, the teams that we cover. Oklahoma State's not as talented as we thought. If they were, they wouldn't be 0-5 in conference right now. Already with losses to TCU and Texas. The Texas loss at home. Also, Cowboys, give your fans something to cheer for. Let your fans go happy, go home happy one time. One time let your fans go home happy. Oklahoma State's last, let's see, the last three home games, losses to Baylor, Texas, and West Virginia. They beat Southeast Louisiana. That's the only home win that Oklahoma State has had since Western Michigan. The only team Oklahoma State's beaten at home since November 22nd, two full months now. Is, is Southeast Louisiana. The best win at home this year might be Western Michigan. Probably Yale. They beat Yale 64-57. to They beat ORU by five. Also, did we ignore the red flags early in the season? Serious question. Oklahoma State only beat ORU by five at home. They only beat Yale by seven at home. They only beat Western Michigan by seven at home. Were we willing to ignore the red flags because they got hot for two games in Brooklyn? I think we were. 
I think we ignored the red flags. Oklahoma State showed serious weaknesses in three of their first five games at home against much lesser opponents in ORU, Yale, and Western Michigan. I think we were willing to ignore those signs because we're like, oh, they've got these three seniors. Those three seniors didn't make the tournament last year, and it doesn't look like they got much better in the offseason. They're 0-5 in conference. I hate to be this negative. I do. But I'm telling you the truth right now. Get the young guys in there. Get the young guys in there. Seven minutes for Caleb Boone. That's not enough tomorrow in Ames. That's not enough. 14 minutes for Avery Anderson. That's not enough. Avery Anderson needs to be playing 20 minutes. He's going to be expected to handle the ball a lot throughout his career. He needs to play 20 minutes. Chris Harris Jr. I understand. He, he, he may not be ready. We're, we're past not being ready at this point. Oklahoma State's 0-5 in conference. What, what, what does ready or not have to do with it? You're losing anyway. Run some young guys out there. See if they've got some energy to them. Keelan Boone, get him out there. Tell him to shoot. Tell Keelan Boone to shoot. He's supposed to be a shooter, right? He's going to be expected to shoot a lot throughout his career, right? Tell him to play aggressive. Tell him to put it up. Big game tomorrow for Oklahoma State against Iowa State. You've got to get a win. You've got to break this losing streak. And if you don't do it tomorrow against Iowa State, boy, it's looking rough. I mean, Iowa State's not a good basketball team. They're 1-4 and four in conference, 8-9 and nine on the season. That game's tomorrow at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. It's in Ames at Hilton Coliseum. I mean, if you don't beat Iowa State, you've got Texas A&M on the road in your next game. They're 8-8, eight and eight, so maybe you get a win over A&M. That's still not a conference win, though. They've lost a couple in a row. So, you know, they're 2-3 and three in conference, though. They've won two games in the SEC. You'll be an underdog in that game against Texas A&M. Then you've got Kansas at home. That's not going to be good. Then you're at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's playing decent basketball. Lon Kruger's got his team. He's pressing the right buttons. TCU at home, maybe that's one where you can get it done. I mean, I I told you last Wednesday prior to the Texas game, I thought the Texas game was a big one because at that point you're 0-3 in conference, and I think that you really have a chance to beat Texas, right the ship. Maybe you still lose to Baylor, but then you beat Iowa State. You're 2-4 in conference, got some momentum. You win a couple here, you win a couple there, and I thought that Oklahoma State could get to seven conference wins. They're now 0 and 5. 0-5. That would require them to go 7-6 and 6 the rest of the season. There's no way I can predict them to do that. There's no way I can still feel good about that after what I watched against Texas and Baylor. I mean, I think now we're looking at, at, at a team that, I don't even know, four or five conference wins, and that is so tough. A team that we all thought could be a, a contender in the Big 12 Conference. I mean, I could go back. I, I don't know what I did with the uh, – I wrote down my, my predictions – prior to the season for the Big 12, and I think I had Oklahoma State at 5th in the conference. Oklahoma State's got to dig themselves out of 10th. They could finish 10th in the Big 12 conference with three seniors, with Lindy Waters, Thomas Dezagua, Cam McGriff, those three seniors. Combined with your and Isaac Likely, your best player is a sophomore, and you've got three seniors. They could finish 10th in the Big 12 conference. It's tough. It's been tough to watch over the last five games. Hopefully they get it turned around tomorrow in Ames. All right, I'm going to take a break, come back on the other side, talk a little Cowboy wrestling and a little Cowboy football. We'll take a look at that list from Pro Football Focus. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes, wrapping things up here on a Monday. It's enough basketball for today. It's enough being upset. Let's talk a little Cowboy wrestling, shall we? 
Why don't we talk a little Cowboy wrestling? Oklahoma State had a big top 10 duel Saturday night at Gallagher-Iba Arena. Basketball team played 11. Wrestling team took to the mats that evening. Oklahoma State ranked number 9 in the country, took on number 10 Pittsburgh. It was a match that was expected to be close. Oklahoma State was coming off a big 37-9 victory over West Virginia in its previous um, its previous what's the word I'm looking for um, duel. It's previous. I was gonna say match, and I was like, no, the matches are part of the, and I couldn't come up with the word the duel. The uh, top ten duel Saturday against Pittsburgh was expected to be close. It was not. Oklahoma State beat Pittsburgh thirty to ten in the number nine versus number ten matchup on Saturday night in Gallagher Arena. Uh, bodes well for Oklahoma State wrestling moving forward. Really seems as though they're hitting their strides uh, with with consecutive victories by at least twenty points. Um, Nick Piccinini pinned Lewis Newell for his one hundredth career win. Big congrats to Nick Piccinini on that one. He is ranked number four in the country. And uh, he got his uh, 100th win on Saturday. So that was big time. Uh, good stuff from the Cowboys getting the 30-10 to 10 win over Pittsburgh. And that one, hopefully they can keep it rolling. All right, Pro Football Focus has put out a list of its 101 best players in college football from 2019. So this is looking back at last season. So I'm scrolling through this list, trying to figure it out. And they've only released so far uh, 76 through 101. So let's see. Uh, 51 through 75 is coming out on Tuesday. 26 through 50 is coming out on Wednesday. And then 1 through 25 is coming out on Thursday. So Thursday is when we get, we should see Chuba Hubbard. If Chuba Hubbard does not find himself numbers 1 through 25 on the list, we're going to have problems. We're going to have to uh, tweet somebody if Chuba Hubbard uh, makes this list before Thursday when 1 through 25 comes out. But Oklahoma State was featured on the list at number 92. And at number 92... Best college football players from 2019 was Tyler Wallace. And this was the description for Tyler Wallace. You might be wondering why he was at 92. Well, it's pretty simple. The writer here says, When he was on the field, Wallace was a one-man wrecking crew for the Cowboys in 2019. Had he not been hurt, he certainly would have found his way much higher on this list. So there you go. Had he not been hurt, certainly would have found his way much higher on this list. He continues, but a torn ACL sidelined him after just eight games. Still during that time, Wallace recorded 53 catches for 903 yards, eight touchdowns, 25 first downs, while breaking 13 tackles after the catch. Says even with just eight games under his belt, Wallace's 530 yards after the catch were 19th most among all FPS receivers. Uh, Tyler Wallace was phenomenal in the eight games that he was on the field, and assuming health, he will come in much higher on this list next season. Assuming health, you would think that uh, Chuba Hubbard, Spencer Sanders, and Tyler Wallace could all make their way into the top 50 maybe on this list next season. So uh, next season is going to be huge for Oklahoma State football. A lot of excitement around the program, and hopefully they, they keep the excitement going uh, with a big-time campaign in 2020. Uh, all right, that's enough for me today. I'll be back Wednesday. My prediction for tomorrow's game in Ames. Man, I just – I'm struggling right now to predict Oklahoma State to win – a basket. It's just been so long since we've seen them do it. It just feels so difficult to pick them to win one. Them being on the road doesn't doesn't necessarily bother me. It's not like they've been worse on the road this year than they have been at home. I mean, this is a matchup between maybe the two worst teams in the conference. Man, let let me let me pick Oklahoma State to win tomorrow. We'll see more minutes from the young guys. 
I'll take Oklahoma State, low-scoring affair, 58-55 in Ames. 58-55, give me the Cowboys. That's all for today. I'm back Wednesday. Everyone enjoy. Thanks for listening to Locked on Pope.